From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in no cost Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are games for free and joy versus fun. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Ellen, grade me on that intro performance. It was, you spoke so quickly. <laughs> you spoke so quickly and there was so much music left. I know. It, I did kind of rush at the top, I thought. I thought you were doing it on purpose just to like trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I, I have that. I can put that in my quiver for later. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Global Game Jam is happening soon it happened it uh, has happened by the time you listen to this episode yes but right. it hasn't happened for us but us us here in the distant past we have yet to global game jam it's kind of weird that we're in like this weird like period of time that's three weeks removed from uh-huh. when the episode comes out it's so been it's a while like, since we've recorded new episodes and steven's forgot how it works yeah <laughs> we call that weird period calendar math yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right but it's just I don't know. It's 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 weird talking to yourself in the future. We do find ourselves in a position where we're like, hey, we should talk about this thing that's happening. Oh, yeah. it's not going to matter. Yeah, you yeah, because it'll happen. It'll have happened yeah. already. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's it's coming up. We should talk about what our plans are for Global Game Jam. Yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing, Mark. Well, <laughs> um, I'm helping to run it for the Twin Cities IGA chapter, and we partnered with uh, Amber Waves of Games, which is a cool <laughs> name for a cool organization, yeah. which is a um, sort of a mi- Midwest game dev collection. So um, it's a a Discord server, and we're going to be co-hosting the Global Game Jam with them um, and using their server to run it and manage teams. Um, So we're sort of partnering with that organization. So uh, it's old news uh, for those who participated. But it's kind of cool because it means we get a little bit of, like, support from another institution, and it feels a little bit more – and also everyone's accountable to each other in a cool way. So I hope that works out. We were going to do it live uh, in person. We're going to partner with 2DCon, which is a local convention here in the Twin Cities. They're doing a board game convention, a, sort of a much smaller version of their yearly convention called 2DCon Unplugged. Oh. And that is still happening. Mm-hmm. And we, we were going to partner with them to set off one of the rooms in the space ah. for Global Game Jam. But as mm-hmm. a, the board met last month and we decided, no, let's just do virtual only this year again. Sure. Um, yeah. And so it was kind of a... It felt a little last minute, actually, but it was the right call. Um, And uh, hopefully, to those folks who already uh, went through it, it went well. As for what I'm going to do, I don't know. (laughs) You don't know. Yeah. I I really don't. Every year it's that now. It's it's like, do I I really want to make another weekend game? Like, I always do. But I'm like, or do I want to use that time for something else, jam on some particular component or – and then I kind of get too uh, in my own head about it. And then I do something completely like I decided the last minute. What yeah. I'm use the time for. Yeah. What about you, Ellen? I was just thinking how America the Beautiful would be such a better national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> so Ellen has checked out. <laughs> no. I just like Amber Waves of Games is so, such a good name for an organization. Yeah. But then it got me thinking about Amber Waves of Grain, which is a lyric from the song. Uh-huh. America the Beautiful, which is just such a prettier song than, you know, Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. yeah. And probably easier to see. It's also thing. less about war. Yeah, wouldn't that? <laughs> That'd yeah, be great. Too. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. Um, it's about amber waves of games. Uh-huh. I'm also not going to sing that as the lyrics from now on <laughs> whenever <laughs> cool. I have the opportunity to sing that. Okay, yeah. but your global game jam plans. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so I was thinking I want to do more Godot stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. as I keep mentioning, and I did not get any Godot stuff down over the hiatus, which is okay because I did other things. Um, but what I was thinking of doing is just kind of seeing what the theme is and then just going out and finding a tutorial that feels themish. Yeah. And then like just following that tutorial and maybe like reskinning the assets or something just to kind of make it my own. I do this practice on a couple different fronts. Cool. So um, you're looking to, to go solo? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. As a, if it's if it's going to be a learning experience, and probably I'll need to, but yeah, um, if maybe I'll see if I can track down like artists and sound folks, and maybe they could take care of the other things while I work on actually building the thing. Yeah. Um, one, yeah. Of the, one of the things an in-person jam is useful for is walking in without knowing what your team's going to be. Right. right. It's much, much easier when you can just, like, walk between tables and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a, it can't quite be replicated virtually. No. We're doing no. our best, I think. We'll, we'll Hopefully we'll get some team management going in the Discord server, but I don't expect it to be as 
um, as useful as it is in person. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that is one of the things that's so cool about Global Game Jam is when you're, like, up out there and you're pitching your idea. Um, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's. I think that's kind of where I'm leaning right now is doing something like that. Um, and then whether or not it'll be with other people, I think is something that'll depend on the theme and what I can find. Yeah. You know, is that I don't really feel like I do want to. I do want to advance my development skills in that engine, mm-hmm. but I also don't feel confident enough. And then in the engine to be able to like feel like a contributing member of a team um, that is building a game that hasn't been defined. You know, so. Because you don't want someone who comes in with an attitude that expects different of you, right? Well, if you have like an idea from a game and it's really cool and I want to build it, I also just don't know if I can build it, you know? Yeah. Like, and I don't know what I don't know. And I will submit to you, Ellen, that is what a jam is for. <laughs> That's true. And I think you could find some people who would be like interested in taking that same journey with you, hmm. either either with different disciplines or with you um, learning Godot. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like one of the things I've also heard over and over again is like maybe a game jam isn't the first time you want to open up the engine. <laughs> well, it would be your second. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's not the first time I would have opened it up, but I was still not familiar enough with the tool to like really, I feel like be able to use it on the fly. If yeah. someone like puts boards on a table saw in front of me, mm-hmm. I can use the table saw and I can cut boards and I can do a lot, even though I haven't done a lot with the table. Like I right. can st- cut straight lines with it. I can cut different depths of lines with it. I know I, I can. Well, cause you're extremely handy. Um, right. Well, and I've used table saws a few times. Yeah. I'm not like a wood, like an expert woodworker, but like I can use a table saw and make cuts and things like that. And yeah. if we had like table jam where <laughs> your, your tool was by the end of this period of time, you had to have a table, like yeah, I could do that, mm-hmm. you know, but like regard, you know, and I could figure out whatever tools you give me, I'd be able to make a table. I don't. Someone know put that together. Table jam. <laughs> to, to use a phrase. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway but well, I, don't f- I, I submit to you that a lot of that is naysaying and i think you you should you should dream big and fail hard great like, you can be on my team oh, oh man <laughs> you <laughs> know i would i would actually like to be on a team where i don't touch a single line of code cool that, that would be kind of fun there we go team you can do the music and the art and i'll do the code okay uh steven you want to join our team <laughs> <laughs> unless you have plans my plans is to not I don't know. Like, I want to do a game jam this year Mm because it's been a long time since it's been a game jam. But I don't know that I want to do the global game jam. It's just so early in the year. I think <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm still waking it's up from too holidays. cold or something like <laughs> what? It's too cold or it's, well, it's cold. It's yeah. inside. I don't know. It's like <laughs> you're just not ready. But what I, about? Yeah, I'm not you, rentally ready yet. I mean, it's not it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yeah. You got like a whole week. Uh huh. Yep. You know, we could do <laughs> is um, we could get a couple of folks who are sort of already in our bubbles mm-hmm. and host it here. That we don't all have to be on the same team or anything, mm-hmm. but we could mm. use the office here as a space. We could. Yeah, where I participate in Global Game Jam, I definitely would would have worked out of here because it would have just been nice to do it yeah. somewhere different. Yeah. I don't know. You don't put you in. It's one of the, it's like you know it's a summer camp kind of idea. Put you in a space. Yeah. You know, literally. And bring pixel in. I do also yeah. need to start like prepping for my move. So, I mean, I don't have that much stuff, but I still need to, like, wipe <laughs> <Yeah>. things down. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, not, maybe maybe not this year. Okay. Well, Ellen, you and I can talk about it, and then we can pressure Stephen. Uh, see I see if we can get it done. I think Stephen's going to have a role, whether he likes it or not. It's right. just, like, your role might be, Stephen, we need a pep talk. Go. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> or, like, Stephen, what should we have for lunch? Go. Yeah, I can pick up stuff for you. You know, Stephen, it would be really great if you wanted to uh, serve as, like, a producer role. Ooh. Because I think, because I know that I know you've always had admiration for the type of person who can do that yeah. on a jam team. Yeah, and I think you could. I think you'd be good at it. Okay. Uh, dang it, that's a good pitch. What uh-huh. if, <laughs> if it's just the two of us? Would we need one? Would we need a producer? Sure. To yeah, keep keep us in line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, I'll I'll think about it. I'll think about okay. it. I don't know yet. <laughs> That's a good podcast yeah. level response. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it, I mean it's so easy to be like, oh the two of you, I love you both. Like let's be on a team together. But part of me is like Label Google Game Jam is supposed to meet new people yeah. and do new things. Yeah, but it's and so but it's just it does, I know, right? <laughs> we are doing new things. Yeah. Well I'm doing new things. Well I I'll I'll get to pe- at least peek inside Godot. I, yeah. I won't yeah. write a line of code. I'm saying that now. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to happen. But uh, I would. So that's that's the, that's Stephen's job. 
Uh, like, no, like, see, Stephen, Stephen, Mark, Mark is trying to touch the code. Tell him no. Tell him no. You oh, right, right. Him. I can do that. I can yell at Mark. I'm okay. good at that. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Welcome to the team. Wait. <laughs> Ooh, almost. You almost got the high five on I him. know. You almost got me. <laughs> the high five was tempting. <laughs> uh, Just the prospect of yelling at me was too was enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too tempting. Yeah. This look. I mean, there are like you're uh, you're polymathic individual like you can you'll do you know you've done sound design and music and you've done you know lots and lots of art but like you can always do new stuff in that vein yeah you know and maybe one of the things that the theme will push us to do is to like constrain those aspects of the game in an interesting way so yeah yeah that's exciting actually i kind of mean so from where we're sitting the theme is already revealed because global game jam is a um in order to make it more flexible for hybrid spaces and virtual spaces, oh. it's from the 20th to the 30th. And so, um, but the, you choose a, a, a couple of days to do your own version of it. Got and it. so you're just, you know, it's always been an honor system anyway because it's a global game jam. So mm-hmm. the theme gets revealed, you know, around the world. So, um, you know, if, uh, if you want to find out what the theme is in advance, it's not really breaking the rules. Well... I'm going to look it up right now because where the people are listening, it's going to already have happened. So oh, I'm going to look it up. And, and we'll, then you'll spoil it for you. We'll, spo- we'll spoil ourselves for the sake of it? Well, I have. A, I want to look up a good tutorial, but you're right. Okay, I'll okay. wait. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Well, we'll report back okay. uh, in, I suppose, our next episode um, on how we thought we did. Yeah. yeah. So last week... I talked all about how I was re-obsessed with David Bowie, mm-hmm. and I monopolized a big part of the show to talk about that. <laughs> okay. And it's, <laughs> it's, I would call it a monopolize. And it's such, it's such a shame, because normally I do that for Star Trek. Uh-huh. And so I thought this week I could talk about Star Trek for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> so I've... just a couple days ago from where we're sitting, um, you know, Paramount revealed all the premiere dates for all the Star Trek series that mm. are uh, going on this year, and it's quite a lot. What's so interesting is when Star Trek started up again in 2017, some executive was was quoted by by like Variety or something as saying, "Our goal is to have Star Trek airing every week all year round." And I remember thinking like, TV seasons are like 13 episodes. Like you'd have to produce like five or six Star Trek series at a time for that to happen. Yeah, I didn't take it seriously. So right now there are six Star Trek series in production. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> And they're and they're doing it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. So Prodigy is airing right now, uh, from where we're sitting. And when yeah. you listen to this, uh, Discovery will be back up, and then Picard comes out right after that, mm. and then Strange New Worlds right after that. Goodness. And then Lower Decks comes back for wow. season three, right after that, and then Prodigy for the second half of its first season comes on oh, after that. Oh my goodness! Second half. And first then by season. then, uh, Discovery season five will be coming out. What? So. That's that's year long Star Trek. Yeah. Also, uh, did I mention? Yeah, Picard is is, is uh, third season mm-hmm. is coming out next year too. Oh, um, Strange New Worlds was renewed for a second season. It hasn't even aired its first yet. What? Lower Decks got renewed for a fourth season. Oh my goodness! Discovery got renewed for a fifth. All the Star Trek shows got renewed for one more season Star more than Trek we've seen is already. Blowing up! It's kind of incredible. It's yeah. really a great time. I mean, regard if maybe it's not your favorite Star Trek. If you're like an old fan and you're a little bit you know uh, stubborn about <laughs> as is always the case, it's still just amazing. There's just so much new Star Trek. It's so exciting. It's gonna be like Chicago Med. Almost. <laughs> it's like that now. Yeah, like all those crossovers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. You really like Prodigy, though, right? I don't tell the listeners that, Mark. <laughs> it's so a, the gag is I don't like Star Trek. I know, I know. But you, but you do like Prodigy. <laughs> no, I love it. It's a great show. <laughs> he does not like Worf, who's not in Prodigy, Prodigy no. yet. That's a benefit <laughs> for me. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Why would you say yet? Because you never know. Oh. Could be. Could ah. be. Could be. I actually love the idea of having, like, mentor daddy old man wharf like with a bunch of space kids <laughs> oh man that'd be so fun and they drive him crazy uh, oh and he'd be like no i have a lesson about honor today and they're all like running around pressing <laughs> buttons yeah exactly that'd be pretty funny yeah <laughs> that is not the thing i tasked you to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, so i we forced steven to watch star trek six last week and uh, uh i think you said like well at least wharf's not in it <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Worf's in that movie. A, a Worf is in that movie. Uh, yeah, that Star Trek fans know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was something. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> All right, what do you say we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, my topic is games for free. What does that mean? That's a good question. I'm talking about not just like games that you literally got for free because Epic was like, here's a free game this month. 
Um, but also, like, games on the Xbox Game Pass, you don't technically get those for free because you have to pay for the Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But, you know, more games are added to the Game Pass all the time. So yeah. mm-hmm. those games you get. Games where they cut, they come your way, not by your individual purchasing decision. Exactly, yeah. yes. Well, and ultimately, if you were paying game by game, you know, you'd be spending a lot less or a lot more than what you're spending on the Game Pass itself. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. So, so okay. like effectively free almost. It's a different kind of model than has existed in the past. Right? Yeah. Most games don't get given away for free. I suppose there were like literally freeware things like uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But like. It's all about um, like hooking people, right? Like shareware yes. was designed because yeah. it was essentially advertising. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, right, Play right. the first chapter of Doom for free mm-hmm. and it got spread around on Usenet groups and whatever. And then, you know, send in your mail order. for the Yeah, actually, chapters. that's a good point. So, I mean, in that same vein, it's it's the same kind of thing, but it's mm-hmm. different in that, like, they're trying to advertise their platforms more. Yeah, so the psychology than, is similar, but, yeah. like, all the details are different. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, the reason why Epic is trying to give you free games is because then you're using Epic more often than you see more stuff and you buy more stuff on their platform, mm-hmm. and it makes them more money. Same with Xbox. They want more, more games you have on there, the more tantalizing it is to get an xbox game pass yeah um so it's 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 just it's a different model than how a lot of indie games uh normally profit um and so it's like it's weird a lot of the money that hyperdot got was through like being on xbox game pass yeah um obviously i am not charles but <laughs> he's told me about yeah. enough about that. Um, well, it, it's ne- it's a negotiated lump sum yes. for a period of time, twelve to eighteen months usually. Yeah. Then it gets gets re-upped or it doesn't, yep. and and it's it's not a fixed number, but for for pretty much any indie, like, even a lowball number is a lot of money. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's uh, you know a guaranteed income versus you know the, taking a, a risk on in the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like beneficial, but I think that there's a lot of like things that aren't necessarily stated about like those kinds of deals like specifically you know if you're giving your game out for free and it does gangbusters on epic and everybody downloads it then you don't get any of those profits you don't see any of those profits epic just gets a bunch of people on their platform without you getting to see any benefits of it aside from that lump sum you got for the for the initial deal Mm -hmm. um now it it does vary from plat a program or program and different kinds of things like yes. like a PlayStation Plus game or something where it's mm. free for PlayStation Plus users you still have to buy it for $0 yeah. because the sale is logged and then Sony pays for it right so so the developer still gets money per per sale oh and that's different yeah um, and I suspect there are probably exceptions to those sorts of things yeah but um, well, that's a good point but that's different from Game Pass or I presume Epic where it's yeah. just you you the platform pays to give your game away yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I um, I have not. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I put fin- we put Fintons out for free, right? But it's not the <laughs> same kind of thing. Yeah, I've never gotten a deal to like have a game out for free for a period of time or for forever or whatever. Um, so I'm kind of just talking talking about this from like a hypothetical, not hypothetical, but like um, our own experiences with downloading these games mm-hmm. or seeing what developers have said about having their games on the platforms and stuff. Um, I guess I just wanted to like ask questions about like the benefits and the downsides, mm-hmm. and maybe like as a player, how do you feel about these this 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 business model? Well, maybe we can talk about how as consumers we've engaged with those mechanisms. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, in terms of like benefits for this kind of thing, I like brainstormed some stuff. Y'all feel free to add as they come up. Um, but I think that like in general, like having your game for free means more people can play it because it doesn't cost money. Um, you can get a decent chunk of change right away, you know, for, for, for through Epic or through Xbox or whoever, um, to get that. Um, and I think there's a high, it's a higher profile initial launch because like the, the, the platforms are, uh, incentivized to promote your game. So more people see it and more people start getting on their, their platform. Yeah. They'll feature it and you log on for the first time that week and you'll have yeah. a new banner saying, this is the thing you can play now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think there's put, I, I think this is a potential, but like there's a potential for a longer tail sale, sale, tail, sale, tail <laughs> after, yeah. after the free period. Um, because like you'll have more players and more players means more people are talking about it. Yeah. It's in the collective zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, there's a thing a with so many, with hundreds of games launching every day, and and right. dozens on consoles every day, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, 
there's lots of indies. And when you release a game and you're like, okay, it's now it's part of the pantheon of video games. Mm-hmm. Well, who says? Yeah. And so <laughs> it, it can just be forgotten, like a thing you spent years on. Um, it doesn't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. If, you, if it's on Game Pass and maybe not a lot of people download it and maybe it doesn't even sell that well when it's out, it's still part of the pantheon of video games. Yeah. And, like, that really matters for your next project. Yeah. You know, um, and like you said, that long tail makes a lot of sense because something's been on Game Pass, and maybe it went went on Game Pass relatively unnoticed, didn't get you know a lot of attention. But when people are looking for a game, that one exists. It's yeah. been on Game Pass. It like yes. it, it it validates it in a, in a sea of like games that are hard to differentiate for a consumer. Right, right, and yeah, I guess as a result of like games being easier and easier to like sell and put on marketplaces, it becomes less of a notable point that your game is on Steam or on Itch or whatever, you yeah. know? Um, so I can see, like, you just being able to say my game was on Xbox Game Pass, using it as a bragging point, and using that as a bragging point for potential funding down the line uh, is a good thing. Yeah. So, And what's interesting about that is that it has nothing to do with it, the being on, on Game Pass, or even that Xbox made a deal with you. Yeah. It's that it's... It's what being on Steam used to mean, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. it is just a matter of in comparison to other ways you encounter games. Yeah. So that, that it can shift at any moment or it, as time goes on. Like, it, you know, what happens if Microsoft decides, you know what, we're not going to do the 100, 120 games at a time model anymore. We're going to do the Netflix model where we just hoover up every game. And yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Because it's not Netflix for games, right? right. They, they do keep, the, they keep it under 150 all the time. So they rotate them out. But if they change their mind on that, then maybe it won't mean anything anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Things yeah. can change. Yeah. Things can change. And uh, Microsoft is becoming more and more powerful. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that's the, that is the big concern about this stuff from an indie developer is because right. it um, – Stephen, you talk about this a lot. Like it, it, the, when you can get AAA games or even high-end indies – for quote unquote free, mm. right? In terms of your individual purchase decision, then what incentive do you have to buy any games at all? Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to the downsides. I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in, in a in a world that used to be like you need to get uh, approval from Steam or approval from a console maker to have your game even exist in the world, mm-hmm. uh, much less remembered, um, are we moving back to that now? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas these platform holders it, it control all visibility for games. Yes. Because nobody buys fifteen dollars games on Steam anymore. Right. Yeah. It's 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 kind of a terrifying prospect, at least in my opinion, because yeah. I think that it, I think that it's got uh, it's been very beneficial for people. But like, yeah, it, it can cause a lot of problems down the line in terms of like control of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I don't know. I think people are talking about it, and so I don't think it's not like in people's minds. But I don't know that there's anything we can do to avoid it if it happens. I guess. Maybe we'll come up with something. I don't know. There's still itch. There's always itch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yes, downsides for having your game out for free. Uh, like if the game sells well for free, you get none of that money on Epic and stuff. I think Mar- Mark had brought up that like you know if you had it on PlayStation Plus, they will pay. PlayStation will pay for each uh, sale. But that's not always the c- that's not the case with every market. So yeah. Uh, and very few. I think a couple of games have, but very few games have premiered on Xbox Gold or PlayStation Plus. It's yeah. usually once you've gone over that first thing. So it's not it's it's a secondary um thing. Whereas right. a lot of games will premiere on Game Pass. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, and if your if your game comes out for free, like on the Game Pass or something and later costs money, the game loses out on its the best money making period of time. Like when it first launches, that is when a lot of people have heard of it. Unless there's like a weird thing like among us where like you know they people hear about the game five years later and it's the biggest thing yeah um that is that is very rare so don't expect that yeah it's not not something you can count on exactly it's one of those things that if you are negotiating a game pass deal you have to really consider that that the the chunk of money you're getting now has to make up for the that first week sale and you have to be honest like is am i getting a good deal out of this or am i risking a lot for this yeah yeah you know yeah, mm-hmm. very true, very true. And sometimes the certainty is worth the maybe, like, well, we could have sold more, but maybe, but we'd have to do a lot of work and maybe not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, of course, we can't frame this as a matter of, like, choosing to be on Xp- uh, Game Pass or not. You, yeah. you know, it's not an easy thing right? to, uh, to get that offer. Yeah, it's not easy. But, yeah, yeah, you, you still need to, like, think those things through. I mean, and Epic, I think, is a little more... Uh, willing <laughs> to to have free games on the platform, so 
Uh, yeah, they do like one or two a week. I don't know exactly how it is anymore. But I don't know. It, it's it's very frequent at any rate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like this this deal might come your way, and so you'll have to consider those. I know there are uh, a bunch of documents about like how money sales, quote unquote, that like people got on Epic versus how much money they actually made through their deal with Epic. Yeah. Um. And I can't remember the exact conclusions, but from what I remember, it was not super great in from the perspective of the developer hmm. like i think they could have potentially earned more money if they you know didn't put it out for free but ultimately that also means that you wouldn't have gotten as many players so you might not have gotten as much money you know it's it's hard to it's hard to know yeah hindsight is you know whatever. well I, I even think about a game like celeste yeah which, which was was a big hit and it had a really long tail mm-hmm. that was free on epic uh, at some point i remember and Maybe maybe I'm alone in this, but I think about games like that, and I think about like, oh, that's a game you could probably find for free somewhere. Yeah. Whereas a game on Game Pass is like, it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Even amongst these different programs, there's sort of a different psychology at play in how games, individual games get perceived by consumers. Um, yeah. And like, true. well, that, that game was free once, so I'm not going to buy it because it might be free again. That's how a lot of people like view, that's how people view Steam. It's <laughs> like, you know, yeah. the game was on sale for 50%. I'll just wait until it's on sale again. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not great. Um, and then also, like, if a game comes out for cost initially and then it becomes later free, I think a lot of players get upset about that because, like, they purchased it early and the game's free three months later. Right. And they're like, why did I spend all this money? I'm an early adopter. You should give me the game for free. Because you uh, want your developers to eat food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're going to get complaints. You also got it three months earlier than everybody else. I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. People they, people, they pick and choose their own variables and the equations they're, That's they're true. presenting. They, they, don't, they don't put all of them in there. Yeah, exactly. You know. um, um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that the biggest downside that I wanted to bring up is I, I that I'm concerned about is like game devaluation. Yeah. I'm concerned that as you see more and more games becoming free, uh, players are going to expect games to be cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And like def- deflation or inflate. Yeah, devaluation. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm concerned about that as a developer. Um, Obviously, because like I want, I want to sell my games so I can make money. Well, yeah. but <laughs> making games is getting easier and easier, right? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this show for five minutes, <laughs> you know that's not the case. It is easier to make a game, but it's not easier to sell a game. And yeah, to be in yeah. the business of making games. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. I I guess I want to all's take on it. Like, what do you? Do you see this becoming a problem, like games being free like this? Maybe we should talk about our own spending habits and our, you know, sure. how we engage with these things. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I, I, I have Game Pass because I got that that sort of like uh, that uh, that trick deal where you pay a dollar for like three years of Game Pass. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's even it's even freer for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> listeners that we've talked about on the show before, but it's also you can look, Google it and you know, uh, yeah. find out what I'm talking about. Um, and that's been nice, but I don't – maybe it's just because I don't play a lot of games, which is sort of a game developer thing. But I don't – I'm not a big consumer of those free games, and I'm very happy to buy things. Yeah. If if I've been waiting for them, yeah. I don't mm. know that I – I don't do a lot of browsing Steam and then spending 20 bucks. Yeah. And But that might just be because I don't play enough video games. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, generally am not a browser of games. I don't. I usually, if I add something to my wish list, no matter what platform it's on, it's because I heard something good about it from someone that I trust. Not doesn't have to be like a personal acquaintance, but like from coverage that I, you know, that I yeah. trust. Mm-hmm. Um, or I read a really interesting article. One of the things, one of the sources of games, um, game recommendations that I have. Uh, really leaned on in the last several months is just Reddit. Like if there's something comes up on indie dev or play my game or something that looks amazing, mm-hmm. then I'll look at it and I'll look into it for five minutes and then I'll end up on my wish list. Yeah. You know, which is exactly what they want. Right. <laughs> it works on me, you guys. <laughs> um, and then I pay for it. Like I, I, you know, I, I am fortunate enough to be financially stable and have disposable income, so I spend it on things that do, you know that I think deserve it. And 
So I don't really wait for sales. If if something's on sale on Steam and it pops up, I'll usually buy it just because it's like front of mind at the time. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like I'm waiting with bated breath for the Steam yeah. winter sale so I can get 50 games at like a quarter of the price. If I'm ready and I want to play a specific game, I will go get that game. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like there's a the sort of coupon clipping of game purchasing is so bizarre to me. Mm. Like I'm not going to, and this is a luxury, I guess, of, of having some disposable income, but it doesn't take a lot of disposable income to make this calculation, which is that I'm not going to spend a lot of effort to manage and track to save $2. Right. You know, it's like, if I want the game, I will buy it. Well, Um, yeah, that's really interesting though, because I think for some people, and I've never been like a coupon clipper or a deal trapper, but some people really get a lot of like, Satisfaction out of finding right. a good it's deal. It's its own thrill. It's I guess. its own yeah. thing. Right? I, I have more. I have more respect for that. Yeah. Than I do the like just the min maxing of the of the dollar amount. Like yeah. the, the if you get enjoyment out of it, then that, and whatever people can get enjoyment out of whatever. Like mm-hmm. enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I do find people, you know, like a, a, an indie game that's fifteen dollars and thirty, and it's thirty three percent off, which is a, a deep discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's five dollars off, and right. it's like right. <laughs> I, I it, maybe it sounds unfair, but like it's hard to notice five dollars if you're yeah. already spending it on something you didn't. It's already disposable income, right? right? Well, you're yeah. already disposing of that income. Uh, how much yeah. is five dollars? And that's a huge deep discount on a game. Well, and that that's where like people start putting in like uh, the amount, the length of the game, and stuff like that. They start putting yeah. those costs in because I think that a lot of people who are looking for who need to look for deals who are you know like they're actively looking for these deals not because they find enjoyment out of it but because they just don't have a lot of disposable income yeah want a lot of content out of the games they're getting they don't want to just purchase a 15 dollar game and get three hours of content because it feels like they could have spent 60 bucks to get a game that has 100 hours of content and got in a much better deal out of it yeah but, yeah 100 hours of good content i mean that desire to quantify yeah. and atomize everything yeah. is kind of it's it's a i mean that way lies madness you know i for me i i okay so but it's what happens no 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 no, no. Yeah. and i will also say that like my dad is kind of like that he doesn't mm-hmm. tend to play a lot of small games if yeah. he plays it he doesn't he doesn't play that many games in general really but when he plays a game he plays it a lot Right. So, like, he, that's why he likes Assassin's Creed games is because, like, there's just so much. Because you don't need anything else in your life. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, and so, like, I've seen him play that, and I've heard from other people, too, that, like, they just, they, they can't, they, it's hard, it's, it's difficult to, like, rationalize purchasing a short, a smaller game for a cheaper Right, because their, their game's budget is, like, $60 a year. Exactly. And they still get thousands of hours of gameplay yeah, yeah, for sense. a year. So, sense. yeah, it, that puts you in a state, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, it's it, to me it, this is intellectual. I'm not saying this right, should right, right. be obvious to everybody. Yeah. But if you really do examine your own kind of behavior, think mm-hmm. of like, well, I, you know, I spent uh $2 on a can of Coke or something that was maybe a little overpriced at, at a baseball game or something. Yeah. But then I also... $2. S- <laughs> well, well, okay, I'm trying to find an example. But, sure. Um, but, like, but I also spent $5 on an eight-ounce cup of Coke at a restaurant. Yeah. Like, you know, there are times in your life where you don't make those calculations about what a thing is worth. Mm-hmm. And I think the more tools that platforms give you to make those calculations, mm-hmm. the more people feel that they need to engage in that kind of thing. Oh. And I think that's... I don't know. I'm not trying to argue that obfuscation is the answer. Yeah. But it just seems to me that we there's too many there's too many tools. Mm. You know what I mean? For for players, then they treat it like it's a, a system they have to play and win at. Yeah. And and I think that's that puts people in a mindset that gets frustrating. I think for yeah. developers particularly or especially, but also for players who probably spend way more of their time shopping than they actually would like to. You know, it's interesting. There's a platform out there for artists called Ko-Fi, and I have a um, a friend who is uh, on that platform, and I'll link her stuff in the um, in the show notes. Jolly Jawbreaker, and she's on Ko-Fi, and I um, support her with like a the equivalent of like a Patreon thing. Like mm-hmm. I give her like a monthly subscription, but you can also like purchase her stuff. And one of the things that was really interesting about this platform when I first started poking around on it was that they do quantify things, and they quantify like, your purchase in the context of a different thing. And I always find that really useful, like as a consumer, mm-hmm. to quantify or to like think about something that I'm thinking about buying in terms of something that's generally pretty fixed. Right, so on Ko-Fi, right. they're like, this, you know, like send buy them a thing or just send them a couple of dollars. This is the equivalent of a cup of coffee. And it's like, okay, do you feel emotionally attached to this artist more than you feel emotionally attached to a Starbucks? Yeah. Like, you know, and 
one of the things that I often do with games is like compare it to the cost of going to a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like cost of going to a movie, it's like two or three hours, depending on whether you skip the previews or not. And it's going to cost you like, what, $10, $15 to go by yourself and 20 30 depending, you know, snacks or whatever. And then if you think about that, it's like, well, gosh, I spend a lot of money on movies. <laughs> like when you go to a movie, you're spending a lot of co- like dollars per minute yeah. on your entertainment. Um, and it's, for me, movies are really hit or miss as far as emotional intensity and like the emotional reward of the experience versus Mm -hmm. games, which are just, and I know what I like with games. Um, Like if you saw a bad movie, who walks out of a movie at the credits and then asks for their money back? Like it's not a common, (laughs) you know what I mean? You're like, oh, that movie was terrible, but I wasted my time, but nobody says they wasted their money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I like I like that 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 um, comparing it to other things because what all you place is this internal system of like yeah. this is how much a Steam game is worth. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you, your your brain forgets how much a dollar is worth, mm-hmm. and so that those tools. I mean, it's the same like you know for the price of a cup of coffee. You know, you you could uh, help a child. You know that kind yeah. of advertising. Yeah. It really works because mm-hmm. it force you to think of the, these not like how much would I spend on something I spend zero dollars on right now, mm-hmm. which is infinitely more than I currently spend. On it, mm-hmm. right. and so that's what uh, when you're trying to convince someone to buy something that the, that they don't need, right? Um, but when you compare it to other things that they would also like, well, think about it as hard as you think about, you know, getting the super size fries or whatever, right. rather, like, rather than the medium size. My indie game costs as much as a large mac and cheese at Noodles and Company. Yeah, we're roughly ten dollars. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's not a new thought, but like, it's incredible how hard it is to convince people to spend that much money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, know. mac and cheese is pretty good. That's true. Well, okay. So I will also say that in general, I hate having a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like I don't, I don't, I don't, I also don't tend to play a lot of games at a time. I will like, I will play a game for a long time. I guess I have similar habits to my dad. I just play more games than him. Yeah. Um, and so I, I find it annoying to like have like if I'm there's a this rare point in the time when I'm like I'm looking for and I'm actively looking for a game to play. I have I find it annoying to just have a giant list of games. To look yeah, at. yeah. A lot um, of people have that like because they bought everything on sale, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. There was a the humble bundle stuff. You yeah, know, you yeah. bought the thirty games out of humble humble bundle, but you really just wanted this one, and it was a good deal for the right. one game. You very much don't want to find yourself in that situation. Yes. So you don't really download the free games from Epic. Or no, whatever. I in fact actively avoid doing that <laughs> unless i want the game i don't do it like i downloaded um shadow of tomb raider and rise of the tomb raider because mm-hmm. i wanted to play those and i'm yeah. slowly going through them but yeah i don't i don't like doing that because it's just like i'm never going to play this game there's no reason for me to download it yeah uh, my brother has like the opposite direction or the opposite opinion in that like he will download all those games because he will eventually try them because he likes to play a lot of different games mm-hmm. right, right, right right i guess what i'm saying is like i don't know i i, I think that there is some value in having access to all of these games for free. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of value in it because like, you know, not everybody has the ability to just pick up a game easily. I know that like the $10 thing with, with noodles and company is, you know, not that expensive, but like it, it is sometimes a calculation for people. Yeah. yeah, And it can be a calculation for people at different times Yeah, just because, you know, I don't know. Life's, Life's hard. It's still pandemic. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, like, I think people – so I think that, like, people having access to all these games for, for cheap is good mm-hmm. for a lot – for, a, like, just in general, getting people to play games and experience a bunch – have new experiences with these games yeah. I think is really valuable. But personally, I'm like, I don't want – I don't want any of these games. <laughs> There's too many games. So I'm you just do, not interested. You do not have the soul of a dragon then. No. Because, like – I just love hoarding things like books, oh, specifically yeah. books and games. Yeah. And I want them in my Steam library because it makes me feel like I have this virtual pile of things that are mine. Oh. If I ever play them, it, it I do want to play them and I will I tell myself I'll eventually get to them. Oh. But there is a little bit of happiness that comes from having the pile. And yeah. like why am I I have such a huge library of books even though I haven't read a lot of them. Like Oh see I'm I'm kind of in between the two of you. So okay. I, I used to like make sure I check every month for those PlayStation Plus games because or else you won't be able to download them. Yeah. And I've stopped caring anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's hard to – you get the psychology of like – you feel like it's you lose something if you don't download them. Right, right? exactly. And that, that can be – and I've fallen prey to that a lot. Yeah. But I've, I've gotten over that quite a bit. But in terms of like a, my library, one of the reasons like PlayStation or Steam has or, – or Epic rather, I've been pretty e- – pretty comfortable downloading those for free mm-hmm. is because I don't curate either of those libraries. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when I do have a library I curate, 
I can't have one thing sticking out like a sore thumb, like some game I'm not interested in. Yeah. Like it's uh, it has to be so either I need the I need everything or I need only my favorites. Yeah. Mm. And so so right now my Steam library is f- is like a third of it is stuff I'm not super interested in. I've played most of it. I don't have a huge Steam library. Yeah. But it feels very unnerving to me to have this this like it's it's like it's yeah. not it doesn't feel like my library. Yeah, what it is. who yeah. put this here? Bizarro Mark. Yeah, because because it, these there weren't all choices I made. Right, because mm-hmm. you got them off the dang bundle, and it's just it's like thirty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that yes. Yeah. Uh, but I will say I do uh, like I do appreciate the like uh, a Game Pass or an Epic. Yeah. The the ability to try something that people have been talking about. Yes. Oh, I was going to say when in a, when a game is free, it's kind of in the collective's you know mindset for a little while. Yes. The collective being all of humans, not <laughs> like Borgs. Uh, <laughs> um, if that was unclear, I bringing don't know. it back to Star Trek, I yeah. love it. I man. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like it's on it's on people's minds for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so like you can kind of have a new a conversation about it again or you know for the first time if it just came out. Yeah. Um which is, you know, that's cool because it's very difficult to like, you know, get it's very difficult to penetrate all of the things that people are hearing, you know, mm-hmm. and actually get people to think about it um just like by releasing a game anymore. So um, having that, having a having the game be free for a little while, you know, get, uh, puts it in people's minds. Yeah, which is yeah. it helps the individual join the zeitgeist. Yes, and then it, and then because of that, it then helps the game stay in the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there's that. Then that's been a, that's yeah. a benefit to it, which yeah. I think is important. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I realize we didn't come to any conclusions on this, but it's like it was an exploration of yeah. the topic. I feel like we're—I mean—we're out of time. I think, but yeah. like the the other angle to this is like what free games do for platforms. Yeah. Like you know why it's actually important that Epic is giving away games because there needs to be a Steam competitor. Yeah. Um, uh, game Pass is a different kind of argument, mm-hmm. um, but it exists because Microsoft is losing this generation. Mm. Or you know, and so that's maybe it's a good thing. You know, so it's and those are completely different sets of of uh, motivations and different players mm. in yeah. that space. To use a phrase. Yeah, I think we'd have to like go into details about like epic specifically or the game pass specifically yeah there will be a part two of this episode yes as with all of our episodes we would call it we'll get back we would call it games for freer (laughs) (laughs) we'll workshop that (laughs) okay (laughs) game freer die hard nope okay What do we have to say about the feedback form? What have we said that hasn't been said already? Steven? Uh, uh, go to it? No, we say, no, we say that time. every time. Yeah, nicegames.club slash feedback. Oh, we read it. We do read it. Have we said that? <laughs> we do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, it's a good point. <laughs> we read the feedback that people send on the feedback form. Have, have we gone this whole time without explaining why we want people to do this? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we say that we want to hear from you all yeah. in case you have ideas about like what we should cover on the show or right. like, who should, you know, I don't, like, make better jokes. Probably me. Um, <laughs> and also, like, you should have this person on or I would love to have more nice games jams or more interviews whatever you know those are things we'd also like to hear but you can also use the feedback form to just kind of say what's up like happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) which happened also yes um yeah, so it's feedback is important. We want to iterate off of it, and it's it's a helpful thing to get our curiosity and interest sparked in a new direction. Um, but we like to hear from you, regardless of what comments you have. And if you have something that you're really interested in, and, and you know you want to hear more about it, tell us about it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, we do read everything that comes in. Yes, and um, we've got some stuff to share, right? Yeah, yeah. I, we should probably be better about reading these on, on the air because it's good stuff. Um, so one suggestion that somebody brought up was they said I think it would be cool to occasionally listen QA or topics uh, possibly sourced by Patreon. So like maybe people would send us questions to answer on here. That'd be sweet. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, if you have any of those you'd like us to address, feedback form is a place to do it until we come up with something more official. Yes. That's a very good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let us know at nicegames.club/slash. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I want to talk about joy versus fun. Are they battling it out? This yeah, is it. Two implacable what? foes. Why does everything have to be like combat related you named this topic shoot i did <laughs> also i'm on the show <laughs> yeah okay so i want to talk about joy and fun mm-hmm. as they exist in the emotional right. universe as different words but related feelings i'm much less interested now but okay <laughs> <laughs> okay um it's gotta be punchy so steven will be into it yeah <laughs> i mean literally punchy steven cover your ears okay <laughs> no. okay so uh why did i want to talk about this um I think specificity in language is something to me that feels like a double-edged sword because I think when it comes to design and also sometimes in communication, you know, being really specific with your language, with your wording and the type of experience that you want to create is helpful when you're designing, when you're trying to keep yourself on track with what you want to create and also when you're trying to communicate your vision to others. Right. Now, if language were enough (laughs) in terms of expression, we wouldn't have art, Mm. right? So the- That's, I mean- that's a really great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I really like that. Um, cool. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just, that was great. No, that's okay. Is it, the idea of specificity in language, like the phrase specificity in language from, it comes, I think, I always connected it to this book, but it might not actually be in the book verbatim. I think it is though. And that is um, The Giver. Oh. And uh, many people have read The Giver as like a young adult, piece of young adult fiction. Yeah. Um, and in this dystopian world, um, the word love isn't used between family members anymore. And then one of the characters actually uses it with their their father figure and the dad just kind of laughs at him. He's like, what the heck do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, and I just loved that. I loved that scene from that book so much because it, it really it really captures the double-edged sword that language can be when you're using it to describe emotional experiences because while you want that specificity so that people know what you're talking about, when it comes to like the human experience, it's not enough to capture it, right? right. So sometimes when you're yeah. trying to be specific, it can get in the way of actually feeling the thing. Mm. So I wanted to talk about this because I try not to actively dissect games while I'm playing them. I really try to just be present and feel the things and have the those feels and things. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Speaking of specificity in language. <laughs> um, yeah. I try not to do that while I'm playing because I, then I'm not really playing anymore. Then it's an academic exercise. But on the flip side, as a designer, I really like dissecting things because it helps me become a better designer and yeah. it helps me become a better communicator, which helps me become a better designer. Right. So I wanted to take this time to kind of like get the pins out and poke these words slice them open a bit it's getting gross um and just like think just think in detail like what do we mean when we say joy and what do we mean when we say fun and how do those things overlap and what does that mean for us when we're designing and i wanted to grab joy and fun because this is where you know when we're talking about game design fun is like the word that is always the starting point yeah um so i thought it might be an interesting way to to just kind of start thinking about these in detail fun i think has kind of warped into like a um 
like a like a finish line you cross as yeah. a designer. Hmm. Like it, it's a it's a state you achieve with your design. And, and I feel that that it. I mean, it's like it's a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I speaking of specificity, I like to say that like yeah, this game was fun, but like I feel like the word enjoy makes more sense. It's 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 a more like I enjoyed this experience because you can enjoy something that's not fun. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, it's semantic, and that's kind of what you're driving at. Yeah. Um, but it's important, I think, as I know, Stephen, you've talked about mm-hmm. games like having the burden of be, having to be fun. Right. Absolutely. And I think that the as we talk about them, if we talk about them in a different way, then that might open up people's sort of like um, imaginations to having things that are satisfying or fulfilling mm-hmm. or necessary in an experience rather than aiming at this sort of like, is this fun? Mm-hmm. Right. Which isn't to say that games would be a lot less fun in that, in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Just that that wouldn't be the prime goal. Yeah. And joy, I think, is a phrase that is not as tarnished by that context. Yeah. Right. I suspect. But I think it has a similar connotation, I think, in some ways. Like, yeah. joy... I mean, joy is happiness, right? That's what the definition of it is? Uh, well, according to dictionary.com. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. Joy is a noun. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it is described as the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Oh. Keen pleasure or elation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't always feel keen pleasure or elation playing games, mm-hmm. but I still like, like the game. Like, yeah. Uh, Alien Isolation. <laughs> not fun. <laughs> I would not use fun to describe that yeah, game. Yeah. And I'm sorry, developers, if that's what you were going for, I'm sorry that I cannot tell you that you met that um, that goalpost. But mm-hmm. you did make a very engaging game and one that I am immensely satisfied with the time that I spent playing it. Yeah. But fun to me kind of carries a connotation of positivity yeah. and like lightheartedness, right. yeah. which Alien Isolation did not have. <laughs> and that was fine because I didn't expect it to. Right. But also you have fun and you find joy. And mm-hmm. so oh. I feel that's a little different. Ooh. Like in that it becomes more about actions, right? This, this feels fun, whereas I found joy in this scary experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, even though joy itself is is even more associated with sort of a higher spirits and, and it's like super fun, I yeah, guess you, yeah. you could say, sure. but I feel in the way that we use those phrases, it feels to me like you can find joy in something that is challenging or struggling it, it, as a topic, not, I don't mean as difficulty. Yeah. Um, huh. and, whereas fun is much more about like a roller coaster. Interesting. Yeah. Like you can, you can have fun at a football game, but you don't feel joy until they get a touchdown. Or something. I mean, you could find joy in the comp- spirit of competition, even if your team got crushed. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Packers. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's interesting because, well, I'm biased. I hate scary things. Uh-huh. So I can't imagine a world in which I would ever find fun or discover joy. In- <laughs> that's why I use that example because I also don't like horror games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still technically possible to find but, joy in the, that this is a really well designed thing uh-huh. and that I found joy in, in knowing that. I like, I, oh, I it's, found it's, joy it's, in it's apart from the game. I, and I might be narrowing a specificity that's unique to me, but <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I feels to me joy is more about me well, and fun is about the game. Oh, that's an interesting way of framing it. Huh. That's, Okay. I'm also like staking a position here. I don't know if I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing that. Well, but. yeah, I think the whole point is to stake a position so we can push against it and yeah. find out where we end up, yeah. right? Well, when you're thinking about how these, you know, what the verses is in these two terms, mm-hmm. how, how do you define these? Or define the relationship between them? Rather? Yeah, I really feel like, feel like fun is something that can stretch. You can use it to describe a period of time that's a little bit longer than a moment of joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you can have like two hours of joy. Mm. I think it really is kind of like a f- intense fleeting kind of feeling, whereas fun is something that you kind of describe as at a more activity level where things there are ups and downs and things like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, you can find joy in a fun experience. Right, because um, joy is the thing you can put in a box. Like yeah. It's, it doesn't stay with you, right? Right. So, like, I might, I don't know, maybe I found moments of joy in Alien Isolation when I was running and then made it made my escape or, like, finally figured out how, exactly how to throw the sound maker to distract the alien and I snuck out the other direction and made it. <laughs> Like, just the smile on your I'm face. I'm not really like, sure that's joy, though. It was more just like yeah. relief. <laughs> relief in the context of a game feels like joy, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know, I could have you can have a sense of joy just like walking down the street, and then like your understanding and observations of what's going on around you kind of clicks in a way that you feel joy but at you what you're would seeing. Would not describe that as fun. 
No, I wouldn't necessarily. I, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I was saying that not necessarily for you, but I, I think that a, a person likely would not describe it as fun. This yeah. is interesting now that I'm thinking about it because, like, I uh, got in a an argument. I guess it wasn't exactly an argument. We there was a discussion. He, he guesses. <laughs> It, well, it wasn't my brother, so I know it wasn't necessarily was, that was my, an argument. That was my next oh, question. Yeah. <laughs> was it your brother? No, it wasn't. It was not certainly an argument. And yeah. the <laughs> second thing is the next topic will be discussion versus argument. <laughs> no, uh, I, I I got in a conversation well, with a friend where, like, we talked about when you, like, really start getting really good at games, mm-hmm. they become not fun to play. Yeah. And I, 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 had, I, had, a, I had a beef with that statement because it was uh. like... You, you can still, like, in order for you to, like, be good at a game, you have to, like, stop having fun in it. And I, to me, that felt wrong because it felt like you getting better at the game is part of the fun. Or at least you can find enjoyment out of getting better at the game and practicing and, like, putting those putting what you've practiced into actual gameplay. You well, know? What, what is fun changes, probably. Yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. And, and he had argued that, like, that wasn't the act of, like, getting better and practicing and, like, you know, changing your mindset so that you stop like doing the cool exciting stuff like the flashy combos and stuff mm-hmm. and start like doing the boring footsies <laughs> which isn't boring but anyway um, um stuff like in order to like win more games is you you you, lo- you like lose aspects of fun as a result of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i kind of had a hard time arguing against that because it's like it's true that like practicing a combo for hours on end so you, you won't drop it when you're in you know in, in the heat of combat yeah isn't particularly fun at least i don't find it fun mm-hmm. i think some people might find that at least engaging but i don't know that necessarily people would find it fun mm-hmm. um where but like there is some joy in being able to execute the combo so well that like you don't even have to think about it yeah so i think that uh-huh. like you can find joy in like doing those kinds of actions but i don't know that you would have fun doing it yeah i'm really glad that you brought that up because i really don't like grinding in games yeah the only time that it is somewhat palatable is when there's like a lot of people around like socialize because the socializing is fun yeah Yeah, sure so depending on the game and how much grinding it requires of me um the grind can be a little fun Mm -hmm. but i really think that when i might my suspicion is when game designers use the term fun i really think they mean engaging yeah. yeah. And I don't know if engagement as a word is like from a game designer's re- perspective been kind of like tainted by the field of UX. Mm. Um but like it really does feel like something else to me because, you know, you can there are games where you can just zone out and you're not really feeling much of anything. You're just doing the thing and it captures a part of your brain that likes doing stuff. And yeah. that's all that's as much as you need. That's fine for you, but it's not really fun. Right. And you're not really checked into the experience. Well, um, and I think that's what a lot of game designers are asking for. It's not just engagement, but, like, checking into the experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoying it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, well, it's actually one of the things I always really liked about Warframe was just because the movement around the space was just such a blast. Mm. It always felt like fun, even though I'm going through, like, the same four levels over and over again <laughs> yeah. um, for much of the game. And another thing that was interesting about, like, Mario. Mario, like, Mario Odyssey specifically, because mm-hmm. it's the most recent Mario game that I've played. Um, fun fun even though like you, you just everything was so different all the time you're yeah. using the same movements and everything but you're never rehearsing anything over yeah. and over again unless you're trying to beat a specific puzzle you know um, it's interesting you bring that one up because i think and this hmm. might be my criticism of mario odyssey is mario odyssey is every bit of it every moment of it is fun the first time you do it mm-hmm. yes but if you have to try it a second time it very quickly becomes work yeah yeah in, in a way that other mario games don't yes. as much oh, that's interesting um yeah. yes and, this is my issue with mario games in general i agree with that is that like you can't really get well i mean you can in that like you can speed run it and people are like near professional uh-huh. but you can't really get better at a mario game in a way that i enjoy that i like mm. that, um, you, that you respect that too <laughs> i guess that's fair because those are the types of games i'm good at yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I can't disagree with that, I think. But there's, like, nothing wrong with being just, you know, like, not necessarily having fun with a game, yeah. but being engaged with the game in, you know, in pursuit of that joyful moment when you actually are able to execute. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Like, I had that with Thoth. Mm. Um, very grindy, quote, unquote, and then, like, it was just so hard to beat some of those later levels <laughs> and just try them over and over again. But, yeah. like, I was, I was engaged. Right. I wouldn't say I was necessarily having fun. Mm-hmm. I was swearing a lot, um, but I was 100% engaged. So some fun. 
<laughs> there weren't any explosions. So. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I was 100% engaged. Yeah. Like, really, really, like, laser focused on trying to live through these shapes and squares and sounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't really feel... I don't really know if I really had fun. I was just committed to doing this. And then yeah. when I finally got it, it was like a very intense, joyful experience. Mm-hmm. Triumphant, I guess. Yeah. Got those shapes. <laughs> <laughs> I show those squares who's boss. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting about about Mario because the thing is I haven't played Mario Odyssey over and over again. Mm-hmm. I only went through it just the once because I loved the novelty of it in every single area. Right. Yeah. And a lot of Mario games like focus on the novelty of yeah. each individual level and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and Whereas like I got every moon. Yeah. And so yeah. it's designed to be a challenge. Yes. But there's a the the dividing line between casual playthrough and going for stuff mm-hmm. is, yeah. is much much more clear I think in that game yeah. than in other Mario games. Well right. in in the in the movement did I mean this is an aside but the movement in that game did not carry it enough to mm. make it as interesting as it would have, at least for me, uh-huh. as I, other Mario games. So, the 3D Mario games. So that's that's a decide. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fascinating because it's like in Mario games, like everything that Mario does is joyful, right? Like, oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the all the sounds, all of the colors, all of the animations and stuff, yeah. they're all joyful, but they don't necessarily translate into fun. Especially if you well, do see, it a now, lot and see it a lot. Now, no? now we're know. really just in the realm of like personal preference. Well, now we are, yeah. That's you right. know, which is fine. I mean, yeah. that's that's a big part of why when people say like, as a designer, you need to find the fun, mm-hmm. feels really weird to me. Yeah, because like, who it, fun for who? Right. Like, I think there's 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 not enough of a respect for different people's preferences. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of game design is about how do we crack this nut and make sure that it's fun for people. Yeah. And it's like, th- no, you can... <laughs> good, good emphasis. Like, yeah. Fun for people. <laughs> it, like, you for can... humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the, the the vast number of popular games yeah. that I don't like is mm. proof enough that there's no one... There's no way to, to solve the equation. Well, absolutely, fun, though. Yeah. Right? And, and, peop- and I think we should stop trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I always thought that find the fun was like a very personal um, directive. Like if it's, it's got to be fun for you, otherwise it's not going to be fun for anyone. So at least at the very start, you got to find fun for you. Ah, um, see, it's interesting because a lot of times, uh, especially as we talk about like playtesting and iteration, mm-hmm. it's much less about the designer's own preferences. Yeah. That's yeah, very much sure. drilled into. I mean, we do it here on the show too about you know making sure you test things. Yeah. But yeah. what you test against is something you have a lot of control over. And I don't think people realize they have enough, as much control as they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they think that they're going to some platonic ideal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I mean, this all changes when you're talking about a marketplace and you need to sell it to people who aren't <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it, then you do need to find the fun so other people will right, purchase right, the right. game. But that's why Joy is, a, is an interesting – and it might just be because it's not as overused. Yeah. Right? It, might be that, it might not be that it is that fundamentally different as I positioned. Mm-hmm. But – you know, if you go with me on my theory here, sure, yeah. is that joy is something that doesn't, it feels like you can't, it's hard to turn that into a generic thing mm. for everybody. Like people find their own moments mm-hmm. that works for them or not. And so yeah. aiming to provide the potential for those moments is less directive and more um, about an atmosphere yeah. where those things can happen. Okay, um, yeah, I think that's fair. And And so that might be a more instructive way for people to feel that like, I'm doing a good job because people can find joy in it, you know, not not because this this leap is so fun. Yeah. I don't know. Shopping for books is fun because having piles of books brings me joy. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that's good. A lot of times when you think about your memories of games, people yeah. say that was fun. But that's not really what they mean all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, and you think back on like, oh, wow, like you're so pleased to have played that or had that experience, but you're not yeah. thinking of any one particular part of it mm-hmm. all the time. And so you, you know, you find joy in having done it or something or, or having it or having experienced it. Hmm. Um, and that can be, at, it could be atomized. It could be very much about a small part of it, of course. But right. Where, yeah, fun just feels more mechanical because we've made it mechanical yeah. in this yeah, industry. It's got a different, yeah, I, I, I guess earlier on the show, oh, I was like, they have similar connotations, but you're right. Like fun just has, as a game developer, fun has a different connotation than joy. I think we describe joy as an emotion and fun as a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the way you're describing it. But it re- I mean, it really just brings it back to what Ellen was saying at the top, that specificity of language. Like, it's its own box that you build. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not a truth, necessarily. Yeah. Right? Maybe, yeah. 
got to you got to build you got to just understand it's a box that you can deconstruct and then reconstruct and context yeah. is what makes it real yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> okay that's our show for show notes and links on today's topics, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter, at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and interviewing future employers. We like hearing from you, so tweet back. Or stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. Next week, we'll be looking at wikis and guides and milestone builds. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Hi, Eric. Hi. What are you playing these days? Elden Ring. Baby. Thank you. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.